It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, 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 it's Bayo J, and welcome to The Motion, a debate podcast which sees two guests with conflicting opinions engage in an intellectual tug of war to sway my vote to their side of the motion from music to society culture to sports the topic may vary from week to week but one thing is always guaranteed your emotions will be set in motion today we're going to be debating whether children in the diaspora should be educated about their heritage and history in school or by their parents so where does the onus lie a lot of things inspired this topic but i'm glad that one of the podcasts that inspired this is actually our guest today so really excited to introduce it's a continent podcast we have chitty hey and astrid hi co-host of the it's a continent podcast a platform countering the common misconception that Africa is a country. It is not, as we all know. They are currently co-authoring a book of the same title as well. Before we go into the opening statements, I have an icebreaker for both of you. Chidi, I understand you're Nigerian and Astrid, you're Congolese. If you could be from anywhere else in Africa, where would you choose and why? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, no shade to Congo in Nigeria. No shade. When I went to Ghana for the first time, I was like, it's so calm. <laughs> I'm not, like, stressed like I would be if I was in Lagos. See, I'm like, do I choose places I'd want to go and see? Definitely Botswana. So, yeah, that would be my place because it's next on the bucket list to visit. I don't know if you guys can see my Skype location, but it's in South Africa because when I was 13, I was literally obsessed. And I actually <laughs> went in 2018 and it has my heart. Let's get into the opening statements. A rough summary of what you think and why. So I think that the owner should lie on schools because isn't it the responsibility for education to kind of produce, at the end of it, somebody who's well-rounded and has the correct perspective? of the world do we really think that people would be calling for brexit sorry to use the b word but if they knew the history about the british empire would they be wanting the british empire to make a comeback i don't think so i think that by removing facts or rather not giving the facts or the full truth behind our history we've had negative outcomes and also we have to remember that not everybody is privileged enough to be born in a home where you know their parents in a position to provide them with a head start the point of school is that it should provide some kind of level playing fields for everyone. What do we mean by the term heritage? It's around the tradition, the languages, the artefacts that as a community, you value enough to protect it for the future. And that's why for me, the onus lies on parents to really educate their children on the fundamentals of their identity. You know, as kind of members of the black community, we always talk about let's take control and tell our own stories. Why are we going to leave that to the education system? When I think about what I know from my own heritage and the history, that didn't come from kind of the UK and it's, I think it's around 85.7% white British teachers and there are 0.9% kind of uh, teachers who identify as black African. It came from my mum. So we run the risk of our culture being told through the white gaze. 
Wow. You weren't wasting any time. We're ready to battle. We're <laughs> now ready. That, now that you brought the energy, I'm going to bring my own too. And I'm just going to challenge you both on some of the things that you have said. I don't think we could have this conversation without mentioning your podcast. You have the tagline of it and kind of countering the fact that Africa is not a country, but you've chosen to do that kind of through a historical lens. What would you say the main motivation behind that is? I love modern history. That's just my sort of side passion. But actually when it came to it, there was a lot of things that I didn't learn, not knowing about the role of African Caribbean soldiers in the world's wars. Didn't have a clue, thought everyone was white because school didn't teach me that. All I've learned about was the Tudors, the Stuarts, Guy Fawkes. These things have passed. Keep it current and keep it relevant. And kind of a curiosity of understanding why the continent is the way it is. You know, the continent didn't just become undeveloped just from no external sources. It was really about bringing those stories to light. For me, it was just, I had a fundamental understanding in terms of where I was brought up and kind of the history, but it was also understanding the wider, the broader continent itself as well. Actually, what you were saying really reminded me of how, and which is my concern with why I think the education system shouldn't be responsible for this and parents is how in school it was tackled so I remember secondary school it was black history month got brought up in Devon the other black kids I knew were my sisters do you know what I mean so (laughs) they just brought us all together in a room all you kids who are black and were like here is your history and it was just covering things like Martin Luther King great but nothing around actually the African continent for me that is the risk that we run if we allow the onus to be on education both Chinny and I doing the podcast We've learned so oh, much. Like, so much. honestly, if I ever go on a quiz show, the podcast would have to be my special <laughs> subject. Bradley Walsh, if you're if you're listening, Astrid is coming for the chase. <laughs> <laughs> that actually has um, highlighted a few questions I have for you, Chinny. Where do we start from? If we look at the makeup of you know Black Brits in the UK, it's very diverse. Also, on this podcast, we've got Nigeria, we've also got Congo. There's so many countries. As you said, it's not a country, it's a continent. Where do we start from? We only spend, what, I think I had two hours of history a week? Like, <laughs> it seems like a lot of history to put into a curriculum, let alone a curriculum in a white majority country. Let me start by saying where we shouldn't start from, and that's Egypt. <laughs> we've done Egypt too many times. I remember in year four, we learned about ancient Egyptians. Yeah, obviously, like ancient Egyptians, you know, there was a black population, but I didn't know that. I thought they were white. <laughs> that was already historically inaccurate. Um, and also going to the British Museum, I remember that. Well, we only went to the ancient Egyptian section. We didn't go and look at the bits that the British people stole from the Vinian Empire, for instance. That could have opened up some childlike questions. I think that you can start at, you know, primary school age. When we go to museums, we can learn about uh, pre- pre-colonial history. My housemate is actually a primary school teacher and they were learning about Mansa Musa, Mali Empire. That's another place that we can start, Queen Nzinga. Her story is so good that it could literally be made into a Disney movie. Yeah, we can start anywhere, just anywhere but Egypt. <laughs> I'm actually screaming. I'm going to flip over to you, Astrid. So I get where you're coming from with the kind of parents point. You get that connection. It's not being taught through a white gaze. But at the same time, I think that African history isn't being left out innocently. And, you know, they may ask questions like, as I did, where do we start from? And I think it's interesting that we learn about a lot of the same periods. Like, we learn about the Tudors, we learn about the walls. We're not reinventing the wheel. There was African involvement there. What do you have to say to the fact that we did learn about the history, but just not the complete story of it? I fully agree with you. But that's why, really, the owner should be on parents to bring that 
to life a bit more. It's important as a parent for you to acknowledge also from your kids' perspective, what they're getting in school, yeah, it's an element, but you've got to be able to provide that greater context. As a parent, you're the first port of call, you're the place where your child first learns to speak and begin to develop their personality. And an element of that is also understanding where they come from. And then, you know, when they are learning these elements within schools and it's missing part of their history, that kid isn't lost. So I think it's still very much important for a parent to be able to build that picture. So then when you do go into school, you don't feel lost like you know you were never really a part of it what you said about home being the first place where you learn to walk and you learn a lot about yourself at home i will say like when you look at the amount of time that you spend in school it's all well and good providing that foundation at home but there needs to be a continuation because from what like four to 18 majority of your life which is like the foundational years is taught in school if we go down parents being the onus we kind of lose accountability if you look at the world that you'll go into after you kind of grow up it looks a lot more like it does at school than at your house so do you not think that we kind of lose that accountability let's just say around this topic it's been around for decades around really being able to represent pupils that are in your schools and being able for them to see themselves reflected in the history. It's been around for decades, but there's really been hardly any movement within it. So let's take maths, for instance. Financial literacy, never covered in school. And you have to actually go out there and then figure it out yourself. And I do think we place a lot of pressures and just see school as the, this is where you will learn everything. And for me, we cannot have hands-off parents. You don't take your hands off the wheel. Placing the onus on schools, around 85% of our schools have white British teachers. And I do think there are also difficult subjects for a teacher to handle. When slavery ended, for example, let's say you've got a white British teacher in front of a classroom telling them, right, in the UK, when slavery ended, slave owners were reimbursed for their loss of property. And basically that debt was still being paid for in 2015 through our taxes. I feel uncomfortable for a teacher saying that. They're not fully prepared to be able to do it justice, that you need those parents to really be the starting point and take that ownership before you even allow a school to do it. Fantastic, fantastic answer. Chinny. I think the point Astrid just touched on about financial literacy kind of made me think about um, sex education as well. And, you know, I don't remember it. And that's the point. Do we kind of overestimate the efficacy of school education and learning things out of context? So sex education, I remember I was taught it at the age of 10. It wasn't relevant to... A lot later, I'm not going to listen. I'll just tell you, it wasn't relevant then. And I think that um, when you do have education out of context, you can find that it does lose its relevance. Well, I think what we have to also consider is that we're, I know we're talking about like parents, but what if the child isn't black African? Like, surely that child has to learn history because this is another problem with like separating the same black history because actually it's it's why the world is the way it is. You have to understand the full picture. So black history should actually be taught not just for, you know, people like us, but also for students who have no connection. And I would argue the same even for Asian history to an extent, because that's another aspect that you know, I'm not familiar with. And that should be also be taught so that everybody's on the same level playing field. Also, I think that in terms of the teachers, they should be held to account. And that's why um, introducing curriculum is so important, because the teacher should then answer to the curriculum 
the teacher should do some studying. <laughs> like, I can't just, like, pop up and read some Wikipedia and start teaching. I would assume that there is some kind of process and they have to understand the curriculum. And then if there are any questions that they don't understand, they should go and look it up because it's their job. For white students, for example, it then removes that misconception, perhaps if they understood British history better and understood that there were black people in Tudor Britain, there were black people within the Roman Empire, they could then understand that black people didn't just magically appear you know, in 1950, if we want to um, eradicate misconceptions and prejudices within society, we we have to start in the school because if a parent is racist, that parent is going to just teach the child racist things. So then everybody then gets siloed off, but then we're just met with EDL. And that's just, you know, that's the reality. And that's exactly what we're seeing playing out because they're fed on misconceptions. So, so true. How can we standardise education if we leave it at home? As soon as like it's four o'clock, you clock out, you cannot control what a kid is being taught at home. The only place you really can control it, you really can standardise it, you really can make sure that there is enough balance and it's not too one-sided, is in the school. So what would be your response to that? I think for me, it's not purely about this is what happened. It's also around an element of tradition as well for me from a heritage perspective be it music be it the food you have I think all of those all come together to build your identity from a heritage perspective so I think I don't believe for me it can't be standardized because it encompasses so much but I don't think it should be because even looking at schools kids do not learn exactly the same way as a parent you have that understanding of my kid is like this so maybe actually learning about their heritage through music might be better through the traditions might be better because I was you know great in school because I'm someone who can I can remember things very quickly love to read so it worked for me but actually if you're in a creative mind and actually need to learn slightly differently by standardizing something not all kids end up succeeding because we put it we place them in a box and I don't think that's something we should be doing with teaching someone about their history let's go into the main debate rebuttal each other direct each other point out the weaker sides of each argument i'm no longer buffer any point that you feel like needs further clarification or you feel might be weak <laughs> say it now judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To place an entire education system to then allow children from a variety of backgrounds to feel like the stories being told identifies with them and their culture and everything is huge especially if they can't even do it with financial literacy I'm like how are they going to tackle everybody's history as well I just struggle to see how you make that accessible at that level I guess that's when we have to call it in terms of reviewing curriculums which is something that's been a, a topic since the black square summer last year probably coming up to a year of that now. not um, the black square summer <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. And also, we are forgetting that Africa is a massive 
continent. So there is no way that they'll be able to cover the whole continent either. For example, Mozambican Civil War should have been integrated as part of learning about the Cold War, but they just avoided anything to do with Africa and just stuck to Cuba. That's how to standardise it, is by getting a curriculum that is inclusive. And then everybody learns about it, not just the child of that particular heritage. But then it also reinforces a sense of pride within that student because they're like, oh, we're learning about my topic. Do you not think, as a kid, let's say you're, you're the only kind of black kid in that lesson, for instance, and let's say the teacher can't answer a question, you'll then become representation. <laughs> There's a potential putting a lot of pressure on these kids and then not being fully equipped to respond to certain things, especially if the teacher can't. Your point around kind of the government and obviously Black Square Summer, I was reading up on some of the bits kind of following that politicians were saying, and one of the ministers was like, yes, it should be done. But he responded by saying, teachers need to teach lessons that are right for their pupils. What does that mean, right for their pupils? Does that just mean purely learning about Tudors and Henry VIII? It's important for us to really think about how they would handle such a situation because they did not do well with that recent report. So (laughs) I worry. worry. Don't you think that it will be less sensationalised if, as Chidi is saying, the curriculum is a lot more well-rounded? Because I'll tell you, I went to a school where I think every summer we'd have about maybe two students come in from Spain. When we learn about, like, Armada and stuff like that, people didn't look at them. It's not the same thing. It's not because you're learning about uh, your country. And what it is, is the fact that it's not normalised rather than the fact that you're learning about an African country. And the more normalised it is from the start, the less of a of a show it is when it does come out. And when I'm only being looked at because of slavery versus I'm, I'm being looked at because you're talking about a king or a warrior that came from my country. I'm going to love to be looked at in, in the latter example and not so much in the former. Mm. The more that we talk about it, the more you decrease the chance of, you know, a kid standing out for the wrong reasons and becoming kind of a professor at the age of five. As part of just kind of, kind of learning around this topic, if you look at the black community of teachers within the UK, a report in 2015 found that 54% of BAME teachers, I hate that word, had reported experiencing discrimination and harassment as a result of their ethnicity. Let's be real also around, you know, the experience. If that's what a minority teacher is experiencing, that over half of them are experiencing, how can we put the onus, and they only make up less than a percent, so 0.9% of teachers in the UK, we are then placing the value of our stories to a majority white audience where there are very difficult conversations to be had. I just think that cannot be our starting point. Our starting point has got to be within the home first and then you can build from there. But the child has to have that initial depth. Because, Ginny, just kind of to understand more from your way of thinking is if then it's purely done in school, what is the role of the parents? I suppose not all parents are able to facilitate in that capacity as well, we have to remember. We've seen like a disparity in those who are able to, say, for example, work from home and look after their kids versus those who may have to work in a supermarket, um, you know, some kind of key worker job, which means that the child is unattended at home. So there's like a disparity or even there are some parents that can't even read. So what are they supposed to do? And in that case, we have to use school as an area where children that are hopefully brought up to a level playing area and that then will help with mobility and some parents are just so busy particularly from like 
migrant communities, immigrant communities, some people are working like two, three jobs. Like they don't have time to sit down and give them a lesson about African history, let alone like their own country's history. I mean, they can give them the food and play the music, but they can't really give them the breakdown. And also some of our parents may have lived through the colonization period. I can only speak for Nigeria, but sometimes some Nigerians have a weird sense of colonization in that they think that it would be better if the, if the British were actually back in Nigeria right now. Thinking about it, actually, wouldn't it be better coming from someone who's a bit neutral in that capacity? I'm really interested to hear your take, Chili, on this teacher's point, as Astrid said before, because if we're looking at the percentage, how can we actually expect the owners to come from there? How can we expect that you're not basically getting like a Jamie Oliver's Jollof Rice version of history? The flavour's not there, it's lacking seasoning, and you're just kind of doing it to tick a box. But if you don't have people who are invested, yeah, there's a curriculum, but also I think teachers play a very important role and you can tell the kind of teachers that are literally doing it curriculum by curriculum and the teachers that add that you know extra source to it and that's the difference that's what's going to make a child learn i don't know what if we should put the onus on black teachers to teach black history we do have a lot of black teachers that also teach that other stem subjects or are just quite happy to just sit in reception you know and like play that kind of primary school level teacher if you have a good variety a good diversity of teachers it's not only going to be put on black teachers but it's like right now if you look at the numbers 86 percent of teachers being white they don't even have that choice you're more than likely going to be taught it by a white teacher and i don't think that that's okay either but we are very small a population of black people in britain like I think we're overestimating it here. I'm not surprised that there's 86% mm. outside of London. Let's be real, there's not many of us. That kind of almost lines up with uh, with national statistics. It will probably come from a white teacher. We have to accept that. <laughs> I know, definitely agree. Obviously, if you go with the teaching route and education, it would come from a white teacher. But to also then say, of those who are ethnic minorities as a teacher, for 54% of them have to deal with discrimination and harassment. You're then leaving the discussion on someone telling you about the history of a country and you say that you would hope that they would be neutral. But if that's how a colleague is being treated, how do we expect our kind of children really for their stories to be treated with some level of respect? When discussing our history, there are elements where, you know, you will be discriminated against because of X, Y, and Z. I just feel like we run the risk of it being told in schools as in, this is the history from this country and this country well, everything else is now fine. But you need someone to be able to say, okay, this is our history. This is how we also viewed as a result of this history. That development and that ongoing conversation is something that we're then leaving to schools to also do when 0.9% of the limited ethnic minority teachers we have are also facing racism and harassment. I just feel like we're we're creating a yeah a tricky environment to navigate we hope all teachers are neutral but let's yeah it's we, yeah brexit <laughs> like, said, let's be honest brexit point closed like yeah. <laughs> education awaken that curiosity within that child it doesn't necessarily have to end with a conclusion but it's about planting that seed so for me i probably got to about 16 you know six form times when i started to realize that Hmm. After years of comic relief, nothing has changed. Why are they still going back to this country? Like, and then I guess from that curiosity, later in life, they can then, people of all different heritages, based on the seeds that they may be planted, 
like they go out and seek that information for themselves. I think you're so right. And I think we're looking at the onus, right? So obviously we know that both parents and schools have a role in providing this education. But if we look at, you know, where should the first seed be dropped? Astrid, what you said about heritage being more than just historical facts, right? And, you know, it's about food and culture and tolerance and how you're going to be treated. But I guess it's more of a personal question. Even both of you, do you feel closer to kind of your roots in um, Nigeria and Congo respectively after knowing more hearing about those like his- historical facts does it actually you know bring more curiosity and I guess more love more appreciation for the other things that come it has got me to have a, a different understanding um, and appreciation and also to then understand why some countries appear to be stuck in a rut as well and why we have the same types of leaderships you know rather than the stereotypicals oh yeah that's just another African dictator but but why? Why is it? What, how did this happen? Why is this replicated in many other countries? And I think for me, that starting point really, in even just knowing, yes, I'm Congolese, but the actual village that you're from is this. Those really specific details and, you know, there was a Luba empire and all of those, those foundations really was established by my mom. And we also see that with kind of white British kids, you know, especially those whose great-grandparents had fought in the war their parents are out there saying this is the medal that grandparent xy and then within the school yeah it then gives it a bit more context but i do think home was always that starting point there was a research carried out where you had 48 families and the kids were asked about 20 questions about their family history and they found that kids had a stronger sense of control over their lives they had higher self-esteem and even though they were young, because their identity now stretched back years, it gave them a connection, strength and resilience. When we talk about like, quote unquote, black history, we should probably start thinking about doing away with those terms because it is actually, in terms of British history, it would involve black history as well. I guess you can't really have like a full and honest recollection of British history without mentioning interactions with people that are of African heritage, of Caribbean heritage. How many films have been done about transatlantic slavery in America, nothing of the Caribbean. What was going on in the Caribbean? Well, we know, but nobody wants to tell us. The way this country is going, it's just a mess. People are deluded. They are living in delusions of thinking that this country was so great. You know, they had the Industrial Revolution. They didn't know how the cotton got here. All of a sudden, you know, we're building libraries, we're building universities, we're building bank streets. No idea where that money came from. And that's unfortunately why people think in this way. So we need to actually uncover the full picture. So there was a study actually called the impact of omission, where 86% of uh, students learned about the Tudors, 73% learned about the Great Fire of London, but only 8% learned about the colonisation of Africa. The problem with that is that we see the, the societal effects. When these people are shouting about how their granddads fought for the war, we beat the Germans, Actually, you beat the Germans with the help of these regiments who you paid very poorly. Um, I think recently it came to light that um, in World War One they didn't put gravestones for soldiers that fought from Western Africa because they claimed that, oh, you know, they wouldn't understand what that means. They wouldn't understand the significance of having a gravestone, so they just didn't honour them. Because of this sort of um, this omission, I think that that's why we see these nationalist tensions because if they actually understood then at least i don't even know if anything good could come out of the british empire but you'd like to hope that then that would then allow some degree of okay oh this was actually a combined effort we didn't become rich on our own 
if you think around the episode that we did around kind of Britain's last colony, are they really going to openly talk about that, that we have a colony in the continent still today and we're... Refusing we'll, to add we'll, it we'll, Yeah, well, because it benefits us. I do think we may run the risk of shielding our children from certain elements. Going back to your point around, uh, to the point you made around sex education in schools, mine was shocking. Putting a condom on a banana, that was literally it and you were ready to go. But actually, from the home, you don't need to shield your child. You can explain it in a certain way. The UK curriculum when it comes to sex and relationships, there is nothing on there around consent. I just worry that relying on education to do it, I just don't know whether it would be handled with the most sensitivity. There are still elements of the history which contain, which still maintain today that are so dark. We cannot purely rely on education to be neutral and provide you with the information. Are we really trusting that the education system will provide that balance? when it can't even, from a sex education perspective, discuss consent. But surely the, the sex education is getting more updated as times are changing. I would expect that by the time my kids are learning about it, that they would be learning about consent in school. Not that I won't teach them consent, of course I will. But I would also expect that by that point, schools would have evolved. It's not as static. It needs to change with the time. But even with the LGBTQ plus sex education talk, that came up not that long ago. Parents were in uproar, and that is in 2021. It's the parents that's in uproar. So it's these same parents that will be teaching their kids what the they want them to learn. But then on the other end... With the curriculum, it's like all we can do is hope. Whenever it comes, it's going to come late and we're still just here hoping. Each good point, someone will counter it. Each good point, count it again. But 30 seconds, your best points to get me on your side. If a diabetic child ignores the doctor's instructions on monitoring their blood sugar, you don't blame the child or say the doctor is failing. We expect the parents to learn what's required and make sure it gets done. The onus is always on the parent. Parents are a child's first teachers. Allowing the education system to educate on your child's heritage is leaving it to chance. Schooling, yes, takes place in school, but education starts at home. If you think about those who are aged over 64, they're more than twice as likely to be proud of the British Empire than those aged between 18 and 24, which shows that there is a link to improved teaching and up-to-date curriculum and a reckoning with society. The role of school is to supplement the home as well, and not all homes can provide a good basis for education. So if the child didn't learn from school, then they wouldn't then awaken that curiosity inside them. School is supposed to plant those seeds in your mind to then go out and actively seek the information that you're looking for. And that's what you want the education system to do. Woo. Wow. You guys have just not made this easy for me at all. In an ideal world, it, it you know what, actually? No, 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 no. I'm sick. <laughs> we don't live in an ideal world. And I'm, I'm tired of, you know, accepting how things are and making decisions based on how things are. You know, it should be in schools. It, it literally should be in schools. It shouldn't be something that we have to campaign for. It shouldn't be something that we're begging for. I think in my year four, I had Roman's Day and Viking Day. This is just in like one year. We had to like get the outfit, get my own comb. This is for a culture that's not even alive right now that's literally dead and we have two days and you're telling me that 
we couldn't have maybe a Roman and Vikings day and then something that's just a bit more, you know, well-rounded. Given that it's not currently in schools, we need podcasts like It's the Continent to fill in those gaps. So you guys definitely need to check them out. Follow them on Instagram, buy their book. The conversation does not stop here. Follow us on Instagram at TheMotion underscore. Tweet us your thoughts at TheMotionPod underscore. Send us an email, TheMotionPodcast at gmail.com and listen to our radio show every Sunday live on Wizard Radio from 5pm. Be blessed, stay safe and have a wonderful week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.